0: It's the behind the dish podcast with John Buck. All right, so we got are we, Jordan, we rolling? We're rolling. We're rolling. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, we're, we're Drew was kind of kind enough to let us work through some of this stuff uh, of mm-hmm. our first time, first show, you know, the annual show, uh, the inaugural show, <laughs> if you will, and who better? Because <laughs> Drew, you you are. Uh, You've kind of been through this whole media thing. You've used it as a tool, mm-hmm. right? So that's one that's interested in me. And you've used it as a tool because I think things like I, I had Twitter and Instagram, and that shit affected <clears throat> me, dude. I, I was off of Twitter, right? Yeah. Because I felt like performing it added thought. So I'm interested in that. And then um, you using food in your relationship to food. I want to kind of talk about that, how you mm-hmm. see that, you know, cause you training from diet. Cause I feel like food was like, for me, it was a tool. It was fueled. It yeah. made me perform yeah. and go do stuff. And I've heard some of your comments, like, uh, just like re- reading research, once Jordan kind of, uh, cause Jordan knows you personally, you guys have yeah. you grew up around him. and So you guys know his childhood, right? So he had this like, Oh yeah, this guy's real like this and kind of how you would describe a friend. And then mm-hmm. what I could read about you, and and how much you left it open. So I'm I'm interested in that the stress level, because I think you you went through life and documented it and had social media, but then you have this relationship with food that I think you you've done it to where you can tell if it had a drastic effect on your mood, right? Yes. Because yes. my wife and I did a we did a fitness competition. As soon as I got done playing. We're like, all right, oh. we want to go. She picked to do like a physique thing, right? And I was like, my yeah. little my little wife, reserve wife, is going to go out there and stand. I was like, I'm down. First, I want to see you in that bikini. Yeah. Yes, right? <laughs> and so, but we sat down this journey to where it was like the, the most disciplined thing I've ever had to do. It was all about diet. So my relationship with food got different, and I think hearing your stuff, I just want you know, I'm gonna unleash you and try to help you articulate maybe in those areas and what that is because I think mm-hmm. that's, I that's interesting because it's that being disciplined. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's kind of where I'm interested in, in far as the topics of where I want to go with you and where you want to lead it. So that maybe set the yeah. ball on the tee for you because my I kind of went fat and then I I got more fit again kind of in some stages of my career and I know mm-hmm. stress had to do with a lot of it. <laughs> Uh, I remember going to Pittsburgh and my activity level went down, but my depression cause I wasn't starting. And I remember, I mean, my yeah. joints and everything swelled up and I felt like that yeah. stress was kind of fluctuated. So, um, and I, I don't know if there's anybody more in tune with that relationship than yourself. <laughs> so I was like, that's why I want to talk to that guy. And, and then of course, yeah. the different diets, I think you're an expert. I think that will ebb and flow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. So yeah, yeah, we'll go down all those rabbit holes together during this podcast. <laughs> okay.
0: So, uh, where you were, Alta? You're from Alta, or you went to school at Alta? Oh, tell tell me your background. No. If you were going to describe <laughs> yourself for sure. for my listeners, uh, uh, tell me describe your background, even childhood, high school, since we're both kind of Utah kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So actually I, I grew up in, I didn't grow up in Utah. I grew up in that's right, Diego, that's California. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I moved here in 08, I think. That's so, correct. And then that's from right. there have been here ever since then, but so grew up in a family of 11 brothers and sisters. Uh, we all played sports. I played football and wrestling from a very young age. So I was always very fit and very active and kind of grew up in the sports culture, you know, playing sports and being disciplined and having that, that willpower to push myself harder during workouts and practices and, trying to improve and yeah i used food as a tool as well like okay this food is fuel i really wish i had the knowledge of nutrition that i have now back in the you know 80s and 90s and even 2000s like because it would have made such a huge difference with my recovery with my ability to put on muscle mass i didn't know anything back then just because it wasn't mainstream like we just our coaches weren't informed there was no internet <laughs> to really research this, this stuff you know yeah, right. so we were just kind of winging it like oh calories are calories um but now there's so much more discipline even on you know you go from the the professional level like where you probably have nutritionists and people telling you like what to eat and then the college level high school level and now probably in little leagues or pop warner you have like all right let's start implementing these on these little kids to see if it helps them perform better at this age and you know there's all these advantages to growing up in sports nowadays i would say but yes that's a little bit about my background you know always been into health and fitness you know moved around uh after california went to virginia You know, play high school uh, football and wrestling out there, and then uh, did some college uh, stuff. I went to uh, a D two college in West Virginia to play football, and then um, served a a mission for the Mormon Church back in the day. Went to Brazil for two years. Oh, is that is that is that why
0: I thought you were a Utah kid? Is that why
1: I thought you were Utah? Yeah, maybe. maybe, I don't know why, but uh, and then anyways, I came (laughs) back and came to Snow College, which is in the middle of nowhere, Utah, and played a little bit there. Ended up going back to Virginia. What, what, what year?
0: What year were? What year were you in? Snow, sorry. Two thousand
1: three, two thousand four. Okay. Two thousand three, okay, two thousand four. And then, and then, uh, stayed here for a year. Hated it. W- went back to Virginia. Finished up school out there, and you know, started. It, was married at that time, and got into more of the corporate world, and. Left sports behind, but always a passion for health and fitness. Got certified as a personal trainer in 2009, and then that's where this idea of fit to fit came about because of my background. Having never been overweight as a personal trainer, which is a lot of trainers trying to help people who were overweight the majority of their life, there was just there. I, I believe there's this disconnect when you grow up your entire life in shape, you don't really understand why people eat food for emotions. Like why do you do that? Why don't you just use it as fuel like me, like an athlete, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah. it's so simple in my mind. It's like, oh, you eat the food you need to eat. You eat the healthy food, you work out, and then boom, you see results. And there was a disconnect. And so that's where this idea of gaining weight on purpose really stems from that disconnect of not understanding my clients of why it was so hard for them, why they struggled. And then that's where this idea of, of getting fat on purpose was born out of that me wanting to gain a better understanding of what it's like to be overweight because i've never been so
0: yeah when when, okay let's talk about when you were okay you you got the reason how did that how did you have to shift in your head to become fat was it like all the things you indulged on (laughs) like like hell yes i want that chocolate cake now and i'm gonna have three (laughs) of them because i want to or was it like i'm gonna eat this because it's that amount of calories to get this type of fat, like how meticulous were you even on the back trend of it? Or was it, yeah, did I, you just let discipline go out the window? You
1: know what I mean? I totally had to undiscipline my mind and let it go out the window. I didn't track anything okay. back then. Uh-huh. I just kind of ate what tasted good. So cinnamon toast crunch, Mountain Dew, um, you know, hot pockets, uh, SpaghettiOs, um, you know, Mac and cheese, Top Ramen, um, you know, bean and cheese, like those frozen burritos from the store, like all like these delicious foods that I never really, Maybe I indulge in every once in a while, but to just like turn turn it loose and be like, skip the produce section, just go down the cereal aisle. Look how many hundreds of flavors of cereal we have and like sodas and chips and cookies and crackers and all the flavors of Doritos. And like it blows my mind that we have so much abundance here in America with options when it comes to junk food. Like we Like we can't live without these hundreds of flavors of cereal. We can't just have like. 20 be good with it right there's like hundreds so anyways yeah. it was fun it really was there was this like fun aspect of it because i indulged on the foods that i just wanted to like oh man what does this taste like oh man i've always wanted to taste this and then just letting myself go and there was this like two three week period of like freedom and i'm doing air quotes here freedom because it feels free like freedom at first being able to eat yeah. whatever you want whenever you want but you're not free from choosing the consequences of eating that food so like your digestion is is not good. Your sleep isn't good. Your your sex actually is affected by it. Your hormones are affected by it. All these other consequences you don't get to choose. And then it's like, okay, now you're having all these consequences, these health issues. It's like, okay, is that really is that really freedom? Does that make sense? So in the beginning it was fun. Yeah. Quickly it turned way harder than I thought it was going to be. And yeah, just undisciplined my mind for six months. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I I assume that would have to be disciplined because then you get on the other side because you actually really know like, dude, I'm killing myself. Right. (laughs) And then you're like, well, I got to get to this certain weight because then I got to like pound down to it. Right. Uh, Did you have like a certain weight that you want to go to or just a time or what was that in your head? Did you have goals to get? To yeah. a certain way or, or was or was it I'm just going to live a certain lifestyle just to be, you know what I mean? Was it yeah. just drop discipline into where I eat what I want, impulse was it, or did you play with it? Did you like eat more in the evening? Same way what you do coming back healthy, mm-hmm. like educated. Was there things that you found that made you gain more weight or made you feel more droggy or more depressed or just same way you feel the health? benefits was yeah. there things because you said you got to experiments with different cereals yeah different was there more more weedy or what some that are more like you with because one my kids do those lucky charms those hats yeah. and, and stuff they're, they're delicious yeah, I feel like it's jacking up your brain if that something tastes too good <laughs> that feels like there's something clogging up there so is there anything yeah. like that
1: there was some structure to it, but not as much structure as you're you're like asking about. There wasn't a ton. The only structure was, it was six months of no exercise, so I couldn't exercise. I didn't cheat on that, other than like play with my kids or, you know, uh, you know, walking around the grocery store, like little things like that, chores yeah. around the house, but no exercise, um, and then eat whatever I wanted to, and I kind of just let my body do the talking, where it's like, hey, we're hungry, let's eat until we're full. And I'll just stuff my face with all these different cereals and, like, you know, burritos and, like, pizzas and, like, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, whatever it was. And because I, I did want to focus on processed foods. Like, we've all seen Morgan Spurlock and Super Science Me where he eats McDonald's three times a day for 30 days, and the dude almost dies because he becomes so unhealthy. I think most Americans know fast food is not, like, the healthiest thing. I want to focus on everyday processed American foods that are cheap. Convenient and they freaking taste delicious like those are the foods that I would say 80% of America Becomes addicted to because of the way society and the government set it up is hey, let's make this food cheaper than real food Right a salad versus you know a Big Mac um, You know water is more expensive than soda <laughs> Like you know what I'm saying like we we created this uphill battle for our society to be like okay If you want to be healthy, you're gonna have to spend more money on food you're going to have to spend more time meal prepping and cooking and doing all that stuff. You can't just go to fast food places and, and and get all the healthy food, right? Most of it's junk food. And, you know, it's the convenience of it all. Like the convenience is just it's not as convenient. And so it's this uphill battle that people have to face to be healthy. So I focus on those foods that a lot of us grew up with in the 70s and 80s. And some of that food is marketed to us as health food. It says like, hey, fortified with vitamins, or it's whole grains, or it's it's uh, it's fat free, or it's uh, all natural ingredients, or it's organic, or all these marketing tools that were like, oh, well, this must be healthy for us. Oh, these are fat free Triscuits. Okay, I can eat a whole box then. You know what I'm saying? Like there's all these gimmicks that people fall into these traps because we're not educated. A lot of people weren't educated in the 70s and 80s of what's, what, what is nutrition, what's okay. nutritious for us. We're just kind of going off, oh, I'm seeing this Cheerios commercial, and they're saying it's heart healthy. I better eat a bowl of that. But then you look at the serving size and it says like three fourths cup of, yeah. of serving size of cinnamon toast crunch. I means like, come on, who eats three fourths of a cup of cinnamon toast crunch? Like no one eats that much. It's gotta be at least three times that. And then before you know it, you're just adding up the calories, you know, day yeah. after day. And So I put on, my goal was for six months to go until I, 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 you know, the six months was over. I expected to gain 50 or 60 pounds and I ended up gaining 75 pounds. Oh wow, really?
0: Well, what, yeah. what, 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 what do you think? Do you think age had a factor because you weren't factoring in like, all right, stuff's just slowing down, my metabolism, my testosterone, <laughs> all of that's like, why'd you gain more? <laughs> or what delicious, probably, t- what delicious <laughs> treat did you find helped you get to your goals?
1: Probably the food tasting so good and it was so easy to overconsume. Like I was okay. probably I didn't really track it back then. I tracked it on this journey, my fit to fat to forty journey, which I just did or I'm doing yeah. right now. I tracked it more closely back then I was get I'm estimating between five and 6,000 calories a day just because of like, it, like it's so easy. Like it's so easy to overconsume cinnamon toast, crunch, or, you know, uh, Reese's puffs, cereals, like whatever, whatever is your drug of choice. Um, you know, it's so easy right. to overconsume those and you drink three, four sodas a day, 60 grams of sugar, each one of those sodas, Dr. Pepper, you know, uh, in Mountain Dew, like it just adds up and it's so quickly over So that's probably why I gained more weight. Was because of how good the food tasted, and your body becomes dependent on it. So that's the thing yeah. is what was surprising for me is like, okay, you know, you and I might have a cheat meal, you know, when we're working out, when we're like in shape. That's different than day in and day out eating. A routine.
0: Foods.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like over and over again, it's exhausting on your body, and it becomes very unhealthy very quickly. Um, so, so yeah, that's like, that's a lot like of that. Lessons.
0: That's like that. That's like that routine of like that coffee with that syrup cocktail of extra (laughs) shot of pump extra pump of whatever right yeah Yep. Uh, so so did did your body when you said it needed it it needed the fuel it helped that's what your brain cognitive would be able to operate would you crash would you do you know Mm -hmm. what would what would be the Uh, difference what what i mean is like
1: so when you eat these types of foods, you get a huge spike in blood sugar levels. So your body releases all this insulin because now you have all the sugar in your blood, right? So you're all the Correct. sugar from the food. It all, it all turns to sugar, right? All yep. these processed carbohydrates turn to sugar. And because that, your body needs to release insulin to lower that blood sugar levels. And with the spike, you get a crash. And when you crash on eating these foods and you feel like the, that, that mm-hmm. shaky feeling where you're like, i got to have something right now. And your body almost becomes dependent like a drug – like very similar to a drug, like you're, you're, you have these highs and these lows and the lows suck. And so you need food quick. You're like, okay, give me some Doritos, give me some Pringles, give me a Mountain Dew, like get that blood sugar back up. And then you get another spike and you get another crash. And this is why people are exhausted all day. Like when they, you know, after lunch, they want to take a nap. When you eat these high carbohydrate meals and excess quantity of it, it's exhausting on your body to, to do that over and over again, five times a day, six times a day. That's why people feel like they have to take naps or more coffee or energy drinks to stay awake. Yeah, okay. And it just creates this vicious cycle of dependency because you're like, okay, it makes me feel good temporarily because I'm crashing. And so I need that spike. But then that spike is what creates that crash. And then you just get stuck in this vicious Getting cycle. People cycle, do that yeah. for years and people do that for decades to their body.
0: So you're, you're kind of brings me to keto to kind of come yeah. back off of this. You're, you're, you're on your way back and you've, you've, you're, like, when, even just like seeing your face live yeah. off of <laughs> uh, the last time I think I little looked at you at a post because I've been following your, because I was like, all right, I'm going to see who Drew is and follow yeah. him and see, you know, just to educate so I can have a decent conversation here with you <laughs> because yeah. I feel like you're experiencing that. And that's what I want. I don't want to read on I want to hear somebody that's having this experience. <laughs> yeah. And I've been following your face. Yeah within like i think five days ago looks like a, a different before you look like i was like oh he looks like a big polynesian kid that i uh would play football with and maybe yeah. d lion now you look like that db kid yeah. like I, you don't i don't know
1: well that's because i got my shirt on so like up top like the weight kind of slowly dissipates from the top down so kind oh, of really? face okay. neck shoulders chest upper abs and then eventually you know love handles and lower abs are the last thing to go but yeah up top of kind of people will tell me like yeah you're looking skinnier already which is just is, we all gain weight differently we all lose weight differently too so and how yeah, how does yeah, that when
0: there. so when people are um when people are talking about that how does how that feel like neither mm-hmm. either gaining weight or losing weight there's still that relationship to <laughs> what i should look like you know what i yes. mean because there's that and and where maybe that's the thing with uh, the diets going back and forth of uh, what do you identify making your body look like or what works with your body and what do you identify if that bo- that right body whether it's yeah. athlete I, I want to look like this or I feel just comfortable at this you know what I
1: mean yeah so there's two different answers to that question and I'll I'll kind of talk about my first experiment back in 2011 when I did fit by fit the first time. Because back then, I was very self-conscious about my body. I was super obsessed about looking good on the outside because that's kind of how I, I created value for myself. Because internally, I kind of struggled with my self-worth. I, sh- I struggled with confidence And sports. And working out and looking good gave me that outside source of fake confidence so that people didn't realize that on the inside, I, I needed this validation. right? So back then, when I became overweight, I kind of freaked out. I had an identity crisis. Because in my mind, I was Drew the fit guy my whole life, like always, in t- like my yes, entire life. Yeah, it's a social media thing. Yeah. yeah, like like I'm I'm this fit person, and now that I'm overweight, I don't know how to handle it. So I wanted to go up to strangers in public and explain to them, like, hey, I'm not really overweight. Just want to let wow. you know, even though I don't know you, go to this website. It will show my before picture. It'll explain why I'm overweight right now because I couldn't I couldn't deal with being overweight for the first time. Fast forward to now, this 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 latest journey I'm doing. Uh, I'm 40 years old. I've done a lot of Work on myself since then, and I'm not nearly as obsessed. I could care less having the dad bod. Like I went to Hawaii, had my shirt off. You know, no one cares. It, a lot of the, the person that cares the most is us uh, in our heads. We think other yeah. people are thinking about us and looking at us. When in reality, most of that's in our heads. That was safe, not for everyone, but for most people. And for me, that was that was true. I'm like, look, I don't care because I know my body's temporary. Once I, you know, start treating my body. Kindly and treating it consistently the right way the feeding it like whether I'm keto or paleo or vegan or vegetarian When I do these diets, I know my body will respond because it responds well to exercise and responds well to dieting Where my body composition will slowly go down and get back to fit I am a little bit older so I'm nervous about how the last two months are going to go the first two months I would say have gone really good and but now that I'm older, I'm wondering if my hormones will play a factor in the last like 25 pounds I have left to lose. Um, and so it, we'll see. I, I Like I am a little bit nervous, but at the same time, I am not attached to my body image as my self-image. I used to be that way. Even if I don't lose the fat, like I'll still be okay. I don't worry too much about having to have five percent body fat, uh, you know, as like to feel worth. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. No. Totally. That's exactly what I was asking. That's. that's... Yeah. Spot on. Um, so I, I started to ask you keto. Why why keto? Getting back to healthy. Like why why'd you pick keto? Mm-hmm. Where they I think all of them have these labels, right? Because I know I saw that you did vegan. Because I had mm-hmm. some friends that were vegan who who like really believe, sincerely believe it. How it cures cancers and all these properties, right? Yeah. And then I have friends that are on the carnivore diet, and then paleo, keto, what all these different, like, explain keto, why, why you're going with keto, get back on this journey, on this project, and and maybe your feelings between those, those, I guess, label, labels of each way of eating, (laughs) which that's why I think they're tools, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, I agree, so I'll start with keto, so I actually stumbled upon keto in 2015-ish, uh, listening to Tim Ferriss, a podcast with him and this doctor named Dr. Dominic D'Agostino talking about the benefits of the ketogenic diet. I, I kind of was fascinated by the science behind it because keto has been around since the 1920s to cure uh, epilepsy in children. And it's a very powerful diet. You know, that's why uh, the Charlie Foundation came about from that and the movie with Meryl Streep shoot i can't remember the name of it it's like an 80s movie But it was based on this little boy named charlie who was saved by the ketogenic diet so yeah. i was like really fascinated with the science behind it and then i decided to experiment with it and fell in love with it because the way my brain felt my mental clarity was like night and day from before i felt like bradley cooper in the movie limitless when he takes that little clear pill and he can like you know he's super smart I yeah. felt all of a sudden my brain like on fire and I love that feeling of being in ketosis where my brain just feels so sharp. And I'm like, this is a great feeling. And not having to be hungry every two or three hours. Like, having, like I grew up eating every two or three hours because that's kind of, you know, oh, your metabolism is going to slow down if you don't feed it. That whole myth, like, I bought into that when back in the days when I first started in the fitness industry. And then learning more about keto, eating protein and fat, no carbs. Your body feels satiated for longer periods of time. So I could eat two meals a day, uh, have energy for my workouts. I have better digestion because I'm not having to digest meals all the time. And um, like I said, I love the way my brain felt on it. And so that was the biggest thing that I loved about keto. So that was 2015, ended up writing my book in 2018, my book Complete Keto. Um, And yeah, I do promote as a tool. I'm not religious about it. I'm not like a keto zealot or like someone that says keto is the best way, the only way. Like you know, There's these little camps where different diets like paleo or vegan sometimes get that rap because it's like, hey our religion is right, your religion's wrong, yeah, and yeah. You're, you're sinful for thinking that way, you know, like <laughs> people become dogmatic about it. Um, so diving into the different diets, the reason I wanted to do an experiment on this journey with the different diets was because I wanted to expose the pitfalls and mistakes that people make on these diets, assuming like, oh, I'm gonna go keto, I'm automatically gonna lose weight. And same thing with like vegan, oh, I'm vegan, so I'm gonna get healthier. And we just think it's guaranteed. When in reality, a lot of people gravitate towards these unhealthy versions of these diets So I did keto, even my own diet that I love, to show people how not to do it. Because with keto, people jump in and and think, oh, just butter, bacon, and cheese all day long. You got keto donuts. You got keto ice cream. You got keto bars. Like, I'm just going to eat all these foods. And before you know it, they're gaining weight on keto, you know, eating these low-quality foods in, in high quantities. And they actually gain fat on it. And they're like, I don't understand. I'm in ketosis. Why am I gaining weight? And I try, I'm trying to educate people on what not to do. So I did this little experiment of what not to do on keto. And then I did the same thing with paleo. Same thing with vegan. Ate a ton of Oreos on vegan, which are vegan, by the way. Like 100% Remember, vegan. That's you funny we're eat, saying yeah. that. <laughs> you can eat Oreos all day and still be a vegan. And then vegetarian, same thing. Very unhealthy. Gain and they're
0: delicious. They suck yes. you in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All the All the foods were delicious. And then so what I want to do on the journey back to fit, now that I'm losing weight, in the month of February, I did these – it's again, but kind of show people, look, if you're going to do these diets, here's the proper way to do them. Here's the healthy way to do them. And give people a roadmap, uh, you know, some tools to put in their tool belt to be like, okay, if I do paleo, here's how Drew said to do it. If I do keto, here's the right way to do it. Same thing with vegan and vegetarian, because I'm not like anti any of these diets, because like you said, they're, they're all tools. And maybe for some people, vegan sure. works better for someone, and maybe for someone else, carnivore is working great for them. Who am I to argue that, oh, your health is improving? You shouldn't be doing that because my way is healthier. That's just not how I live, you know. So that's kind of yeah. hopefully that answers your
0: question. I like, I like that. That's yeah. And I, I knew you kind of viewed it, and I that was one of my real reasons why I, I it's like I, I liked what you were doing, how your relationship with food and how you looked at it, because I I feel that I was always I thought of it that way, but you articulated it so much better, and your your knowledge mm-hmm. of uh uh of diet was more or less very methodical with, with knowledge of, yeah. of it behind it. But I remember, you know, just my, my dad was a PA and I grew up and I remember feeling, and, and it wasn't so like keto, it wasn't, it was a way that I was taught, I was heavy meat. My dad was yeah. kind of, he was a bit of a hippie, right? So okay. heavy meat <laughs> yeah. and my mom, my mom was an athlete, but it was also a lab tech. So, and my dad was working up at the U, uh, a lot of his, his, the doctors he worked for and stuff was like uh, one of the docs was Missy Marlowe. I don't know if you remember Missy Marlowe. She was a gymnast yeah, at University of Utah, got a perfect 10 in the Olympics. Oh, but wow. uh, anyway, okay. Olympic athlete, yeah. no big deal. She's probably super famous yeah. in the world of gymnastics, <laughs> <Yeah>. but uh, <laughs> apparently you don't hang out in those gyms. But, anyways, uh, I, should, uh, I should. Her dad was, <laughs> yeah, you should, right? But uh, she, she uh, her dad was. My dad's doctor and so it was Mm. it was the science of diets and how your body felt and then being in tune with your body with gymnastics I got to Mm. like learn what helped me recover more even even at a young age like say because the gymnastics it was always something rolling your ankle right and I know when I would end up because gymnastics you're going all the time and I could feel stuff that would make me recover can because I think in keto and ketosis, my my elbow would feel better when I was eating good. Explain mm, on recovery yeah. and the benefits of what keto gives to you recovery. So so I'm, I'm kind of what I wanted to bring up is articulate it for these high school athletes, these these yeah. baseball players. I want the real benefits. I want to get rid of inflammation. If I have an injury, what are the things ketosis gives to me to to get that last bit of information on the molecular level, which is really what affects our elbow and healing
1: yeah 100% and that's why a ketogenic diet is becoming more and more popular and more mainstream among all different types of athletes right we used to think it was just for like endurance and now there's all these studies and benefits on all different types of athletes especially the biggest powerful thing about the keto diet is how anti-inflammatory it is and so when it comes to inflammation of the joints knees elbows hips those kinds of things this is the number one thing I have because my demographic isn't really athletes but it's older you know, moms and dads like in their 40s and things like that. And the biggest thing they notice is the, the pain that goes away in their joints and how the inflammation goes down. And now it's easier to exercise and it's easier to move. And then yes, it's, the recovery aspect of it is is so much quicker. And that's why I think the ketogenic diet can be used for all different types of protocols in all different sports. You know, one for the anti-inflammatory properties, but also for the contact sports, the neuroprotective benefits that your brain gets when in a state of ketosis. So this is what you know, a lot of the research that this guy, Dr. Dominic Diagostino, that was on the um, the Tim Ferriss podcast, they do all kinds of experiments and studies on the neuroprotective benefits for the brain. So concussion protocols, TBI, traumatic brain injuries, uh, PTSD, um, you know, uh, he does uh, experiments with uh, or not experiments, sorry, uh, studies with Navy SEALs that do these deep uh, dive missions where uh, the brain toxicity levels increase the longer you're underwater and yeah. this you know the trigger a seizure in some of these navy seals and being in a deep state of ketosis uh, either through supplementation or being in a ketogenic nutritional ketosis through the diet has these neuroprotective benefits for your brain to protect it from seizures or from you know uh, inflammation in the brain and so that's why uh, there studies for like parkinsons and alzheimers you know uh, the ketogenic diet has been shown to uh, help out with lots of diseases of the brain so Though that's another aspect. So people would like, you know, UFC or NFL dude, you 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 just as well.
0: you just hit on something. Like I came up to the front of my chair because right now I've been talking yeah. like uh, <laughs> the next show that I have on, where my little research, where I'm going down the next tunnel is kind of foul balls off the head, right? Brain trauma and oh, injury, yeah. and and you so you hit on it and how to get mm-hmm. that clarity, which you kind of hit on it earlier, but how to that day-to-day grind of I'm catching foul balls off the head or, or whatever, or, or or as we're learning temperature on the brain, our food and getting our body in that ketosis helps that be healthy, cool down the right way, pump up. So that uh, uh, kind of protect itself from, uh, bruising, if you will. So that's,
1: you kind of hit yeah. on that got me all like, oh, yeah, this is why I had you. All. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's really cool stuff. It is really, and that's why, like, the supplementation aspect of it is becoming bigger and bigger because there's ketone salts and there's ketone esters. And there's these powerful oh, tools yeah. that, okay. that people now, instead of waiting three or four days to get into ketosis, you could take a drink, um, you know, really quickly and within t- 20 and 30 minutes get the same neuroprotective benefits uh, from, you know, from a, a drink or supplement the same kind of protection that you would get from nutritional ketosis. But for some people, it takes three or four days to actually get into a state of ketosis. So that's what's really cool on this, like, uh, you know, these studies, they, they do these ketone supplementations uh, or these supplementation protocols to give, to provide these neuroprotective benefits within minutes, you know?
0: Yeah, it was funny because uh, my, next, my next guest um, is I'm having Brian Erlacher come on here. Oh, and we're right. going to talk yeah. about some, like, just so we can articulate, because there's that moment where you have this concussion or this thing happens what people are talking about but it was so like it's so like common as you're going you just keep going yeah right to kind of articulate so that people can feel that feeling so when you get hit with a ball that mm-hmm. fogginess i remember thinking i was we're in toronto and i remember this one particular episode i'm having and it it felt like the lights were yeah. like on half dim yeah. In, it, you know, in the Roger Center, it was like, like, it was like cloudy in there. And, and that was like, after I got hit in the head and then a foul ball and then another foul ball, and then I was like, uh, trainer, oh, geez. foggy, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. and so yeah. when I, when I started eating those, in those foods and stuff, there's one particular thing consciously did that, helping that clear that up. It was Crazy how quick food, fluids, and and state of my uh, where I was, how when it, something cognitive is going like that, how quick it can affect. You know what I mean. And if I was, um, you know, if I ha- I think because your diet becomes more sharper when you're a peak performer, things affect your diet more. And when that becomes your routine, I think the benefits of the plus side of the ketosis. Anti-inflammatory, the recovery rates that are some of these guys they're recovery yeah. these superhumans, their recovery rates is unbelievable because I think their yeah. bodies are in the state
1: yeah, exactly, for sure. I remember uh, listening to Ray Lewis speak at this event one time, and, and he was you know to play linebacker in the league as as long as he did at the level he did was amazing, and he attributed his long career to his discipline with nutrition and supplementation. And yeah. here he was like in his prime, even like 10 years into the league, these young cats would come up to him, like eating McDonald's and candy and all these stuff. And he's like, How are you gonna keep up with me? Like, how are you gonna outperform me? I'm I'm investing in myself, kind of like you see LeBron James and Tom Brady playing later and later, because they invest so much, not just into you know nutrition and, and exercise and, and the proper, you know, type of um, you know, uh, you know, trainers and things like that. They spend so much my, money on recovery. And they're, they're working with people that are are up on the latest uh, scientific literature on what actually helps out the body. So you see them doing these weird things like cryotherapy, you know, five, six oh, years good. ago was a new thing that was only available to the high-level athletes. And now you can go around to, like, all these stores and get cryotherapy. So it's, it's becoming more and more accessible to you and I. And, like, nutrition is one of the, the biggest key factors, I think, that, you know, people like LeBron James and Tom Brady would attribute their success to because of like how they recover and it's a part of the process it's a piece of the puzzle it's not like hey just do this one thing and then all the like all this magic is going to happen but you see these high level athletes who are doing this and it actually makes a difference and so i think the younger kids going, like, coming up are becoming more educated on the benefits of diet and exercise and recovery and things like meditation and and uh, breath work that carry over into success on the court or you know whatever sport you're playing it does carry over and that's why these, these high level athletes are investing in all these things, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I have a travel pack when I first started, it got my attention on hearing how they sleep, yep. what kind of yeah. what they put. So here, here's the player. I had Mike Sweeney that had like a, he had like one of those tempur back. Cause remember his back yes. was jacked up. Yeah. So he had that. I remember, um, uh, Joe Bimel had a certain he had to have his ionized water,
1: <laughs> yep,
0: right, proper water because of hydration recovery because he was a bullpen yep. guy, and mm-hmm. so he he was real conscious on getting his body because he could come and he was that guy that could come out of the bullpen and throw hard all the time because he had that fluid in his body. So, uh, but even me and Russell Martin when we were with Pirates, we have the uh the things to flush our legs and oh, kind of yeah. had like a, had Normal had a water. Placed. Yeah. So, yeah
1: compression boots.
0: <laughs> and then we have the the Mac Pro. Uh-huh. The Mac Pro to, the, you know, you get on the planes. And then you have those little devices, which every kid gets now.
1: Yes. And then
0: yeah. I remember the first hammer. Remember, you know, the, the which we, it's it's called, what's it called? The uh, massager. Oh, spin. the
1: massager, massage gun. Um, what was the first one? I can't remember the name of it, but I think I have it. Anyway.
0: Yeah, so it has that little soft, but well, the first one in the clubhouses was like a, it's like a metal piece out of a shop, <laughs> yeah. and I remember one being in Anaheim and then one being in Toronto. Those were the first two places that had a, it. kind of in the and it was like a hard, nubby thing. Oh, it beat the tar out of you. Oh, but man. it was, yeah. but it was, it was, uh, it was one of those tools that helped soft tissue stuff recover. Which is, you're in, a, you're in a bag, you're carrying it in a bag, physical stuff, equipment to help you play 162 games yeah, in 180 yeah. days. And it was funny that we had all these things, but the the thing that I think affected us the most was the lack of knowledge of diet. I, it changed right as I was kind of leaving yeah. where we started getting Pacific. You know, I think the, even the union players union and Major League Baseball said, we see this, we need to have this for, you know, the, you know, it was more of a smorgasbord for us. Uh, mm-hmm. But now putting some regulation and saying, look, we want our product lasting better. Everybody was in agreement because I think it is that cool. big of a factor. So yeah. um, <clears throat> what let's talk about your life on social media.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: Right. Because I, I uh, some of the stuff that I want to talk about with the kids is is, um, you know, obviously food affects how you your mental state. But mentally, what what were you all this stuff? We got all this information going in and how to process it, just like food. Yeah. It's, you know, it's coming into you. And then also, what do you listen to? What do you give knowledge to? Things, because I couldn't, Twitter, when it was coming out, I'd go, I'd have a bad game and, then, and it was like, I'm already telling myself I suck because I suck. And I did. And yeah. then when all of a sudden you have all these 3,000 people saying, hey, yeah, you suck. Like, it was <laughs> like, ah, there's too many sucks in a row, right? <laughs> yeah. So it, I feel I, how did the, how has that affected you on your even on your diet? Because I think in you know, the mm-hmm. not for me as an athlete that really affected me. That was social media. I stopped it. I eliminated yeah. it. It didn't, it didn't become really a part, but it was a conscious effort. I said I need to step away from this. That's mm-hmm. even to this day why I like Instagram. For me, it's a healthy relationship. And I think there's like a thing like food there to to create who you are and what you're comfortable with. And I, and I think you've done a good job with that. Yeah, you know, using it as a tool. Uh, I know one with your your late wife uh, yeah. and some of the stuff that you've done with your family, and you've shared it, and I can see where you where you. I think when you said earlier some of your growth, where is that growth? And I, I think that's where that is because I, I it's like you can see it and you're sharing it, and I think it's awesome. And that's why I kind of want to bring it up because I think you've you've got a lot of healthy things out of it. Maybe you can share with my audience with if you've identified with those things, the good <laughs> and maybe the bad things.
1: Sure. Yeah, for sure. So uh, social media has become this evolution over the years. Like back in 2011 when I first did my first experiment, there was literally only Facebook. I think Twitter was kind of new, but no one really used it. It wasn't like a very powerful tool. And this was just m- mostly Facebook. There was no Facebook lives. There was no Insta stories. There was none of that. And so I think back then it was so exciting and new where it's was like, oh, someone's commenting on my thing. I'm going to take it personally, whether it's a compliment or a negative comment, because nowadays we're so used to people being negative on social media. I think back when it was new, it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these people are saying these things about me. Like that is so rude and like it hurts because if someone said that to you in real life, it would hurt, it would suck. But now we're, I think most people are becoming more and more numb to it and realizing there's just crazy people out there that just wanna make other people miserable and they're miserable themselves. So I don't take these personally anymore. But the thing with social media that has like over the years that I've learned is, is people follow you to connect with you. And there's this relatability factor that I think is really important as a social media person, you know, if you're an influencer or if you're an athlete or whatever, people want to feel like they can connect to you. And so like showing some of the human experience and being somewhat vulnerable with your audience for me at first it was scary to like for example talk about my divorce. Like that's not an easy topic to talk about. Of course I didn't want to be public about it, but because I'm a public figure, it gets out there and then it's like all right, at some point I'm going to have to address it. And instead of coming from a place of shame and guilt and like embarrassment, Uh, You know, this is where like therapy and like having this amazing life coach that I have attributed a lot of my healing to, you know, growing that courage to like after, you know, years of this to be vulnerable with my audience and being afraid of like, okay, are people going to judge me? Because, you know, getting divorced in my culture is looked at as like a failure, like, oh, that's a failure. And you're afraid of being seen as a failure. You don't want people to know about those weaknesses. And so to be public with really it is scary, but I, I noticed that once I was vulnerable to my audience, it breeds more vulnerability. And then people are like, thank you so much for sharing this with, with me because it really inspired me. It really hit home because I'm going through the same thing. And then it creates like a stronger connection with your audience where now there's this trust that maybe wasn't there before where you're kind of looked at as, you know, like non-human, like you're almost like this robot like where everything's yeah, perfect yeah. all the time. So it's finding that balance of like, You know me as a dad posting you know about my daughters being a single dad out there um you know i've talked about like i've I've talked about my breakup i've talked about my divorce um it's it's really hard to open up and and add that human element but i think it's it connects us more and actually helps you more than it hurts you in my opinion um you know my friend or not my friend sorry tim ferris that recently came out and talked about his struggle where he talked about publicly being sexually abused as a kid And that right there was so scary for him, but he shared it. And it was like one of the most powerful, most positive, uh, you know, uh, podcast he's ever done because he was vulnerable, even though that's scary to talk about sexual abuse as a man, like as a kid, like very hard to talk about in our culture, but he did it. And I, I look at that as brave and courageous in my opinion. And I think there's, there's an element to that level of humanness and connectivity and relate relatability to your audience, because people, I think, respect you more when you're, willing to be open with them and talk about your struggles instead of pretending like, Oh, I'm so perfect. I get everything figured out. That's not how real life is, you know, oh, that's, that's so true. I, I think even
0: too, uh, uh, as far as the quality, I was, I think I made me a good in the clubhouse, right. Good catcher. Get, it kept me getting jobs because I wasn't hitting 300, you know, I wasn't Molina. I had to like do all the other things to keep me in the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, is I, I feel like getting people out is, is to be able to make yourself relatable and trustable is kind of a yeah. catcher quality type thing. And, mm-hmm. and being able to be humble to point out your things to be relatable. My, my like my vulnerability why doing one and to do this for mentally is one, I had a little brother who uh, committed suicide. So being vulnerable, letting people like, yeah. and talk about that still like, still, that. yeah, still, it's still like, ah, cause then there's, it's, One, it hurts, but also why I'm doing is I want, if there's information, if I had, because I always said, if I had information and knew what was going on, or if he did, because I think a lot of it was head trauma, a lot of injuries, but being vulnerable, open up, uh, uh, you know, when I have done that, that's been the relatable one. That's been the impact of when I see the noise, how you say there's the noise, right, Drew, that you draw out, like, that means something to me, I want to pay attention to that. And I think that's how I've dealt with that is where it makes me feel good. That's where I'm going to put my energy where it's not, you know? And so that's when you do get vulnerable, I think you, you, you also list, you lessen the, the noise from the people who are just making dumb idiot comments. Cause I think you get to a real level where they're not going to scrub that connection. They, 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 There's it's just that, dude, we're having a human moment right here with somebody. Yes. It's human moment. Don't mess up the yeah. human moment. Right. Yeah. So uh, I, I think you did real well. And I, I think there was a lot of stuff because I have a, a lot of friends that, uh, heck with baseball, it seems like there's a lot of yeah. divorce. That's really tough. And, and yeah, I know some, even when I came back home here to Utah after leaving and having some of my friends here get divorced, um, some of the stuff you covered, they talked about that, how you helped them uh what oh, they were cool. going through and some of that stuff awesome, so man. uh yeah when you feel ripples like that even in your own immediate community that's why i said maybe uh, us two utah sure. boys because you know, <laughs> i have heard about you and and Please, ran man. closely into you uh and jordan talks highly of you too so um when did it because there was this time i remember having like uh logan morrison was was doing Twitter and Instagram and putting stuff out for the teams, right? Major League Baseball and the teams themselves are like, don't do that, don't, stop, you know, you don't you don't get sat for that, right? And now teams are like making content, trying to engage us, trying to create secondary companies to do this, what we're doing, right? Yeah. Um, and owning your own name, likeness and image. There was a time where I was, I'd, I'd started a company with Players Union and oh. we started talking about that. And I know you were a part of like uh, some shows and stuff. How do you feel like your name, likeness, and image being used for shows, do on content and stuff? Just because uh, we're, I mean, yeah. we're on a new platform here. Mm-hmm. This world of social media. Because I feel like you saw, you saw, like you saw Instagram being your job, pretty early. Like, yeah. I feel like, I feel like yeah. you started blogging, doing those things. So there's this entrepreneurial part of me that I saw in you that I think is, there's all this attention on, on your expertise in your arenas over mm-hmm. here. And this, but I see this thing of you and he, and I'm getting to hear kind of the cool guy of the younger kid of you yeah. from Jordan and the type of person you are. I'm like, all right, he's on he's entrepreneurial. He's, he's visionary, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, to bring up stuff like that, one when when did you see that being a job and then two because i I did a lot of stuff with your name likeness image creating something like that and how how is your in your world the fitness industry and stuff how's it been good or I feel like, just because I'm well-known on some of this, I feel like you might have gotten a short end on some of this stuff. And that <laughs> me as athletes, or a seven, sure. just watching and seeing and knowing how some of the networks and things work, I don't know, maybe you didn't, maybe you're happy everything's copacetic, but just because I'm aware of how that stuff works, because I've had yeah. a couple not go my way, um, <laughs> what, what do you what do you uh, got on that? Or are you Liberty? Because I have been a part of some of this. Just, maybe you're not a Liberty. Yeah. Person.
1: Now I can talk about it. You know, the, the TV show thing that happened in 2015, 2016 is when season one of my TV show aired. And yeah, I thought there was gonna be a lot more, you know, you have expectations, you know, you, when you come out, when you come from outside of the world of TV and you start, you have, now you have your own reality TV show, you have these expectations. And yeah, for me, you know, I didn't like the fact that i wasn't like there wasn't a host it was more of like a docu series and they tied in a little bit of my story to each episode in the beginning like 30 seconds of the credits or just like introing what the show's about but yeah maybe they're you know but i wasn't like disappointed because i still got paid you know money to for them to use my likeness and image and to use the concept of fit to fit to fit for the tv show so i wasn't like i'm not a complainer like if that's what they i was like oh if this is how it works cool because it's a new industry to me it'd be like you know, me going into becoming a professional baseball player in the major leagues yeah, and being uh-huh. like, oh, okay, so this is how it works. Okay, I have no idea. I'm not going to question yeah. it because I don't know anything, yeah, yeah. you know? So same yeah. thing with TV. I had to learn. Um, and, and then the the second season was super confusing because A&E sold it to Lifetime, and then Lifetime did absolutely nothing with it. I, I, did, I didn't see one commercial for it. I didn't see one social media post about it on lifetimes. I was like, what is going on? And so like, I was responsible for the marketing for it. I'm like, this is so weird to have a TV show not promote their TV show. Like, don't you want people to watch? And I don't know what happened and Then it died after season two. And and there's no like explanation. There's no like, uh, you know, oh, here's what happened. Here's what you could have done better. It's just like, boom, gone. It's like, okay, I guess the TV gods that exist just decided not to have the TV show anymore. So. Um, you know, there, I wouldn't say there's a <laughs> ton of exposure from it because it was like a niche. If it was on like yeah, yeah, yeah. ABC, it would be different. But you know, all that's out of my control. And so this is one of the lessons I've learned in life is like you can't control what you can't control, and don't be upset about it because I have no control over, you know, making it successful. So, um, but yeah, a lot of lessons learned from it. Um, does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah, and what yeah, and, okay. and and going into that, because uh, now I think with a new demographic, stuff like this, stuff where podcasts and content and being able to streamline your content and, and the knowledge you have, your name, likeness, and image and the things you bring to the table, to, what have you learned from that going into that? What, what do you see the future? What's your predicting where things going? You know what I mean? Because I, I feel like you've kind of predicted the future. You see where it's going. <laughs> what you've learned from that experience learning it, Creating yeah. a job out of social media, where do you think it's going? If you were on a crystal yeah, ball, you had this world, hmm. and you are gonna be present, let's, let's take it all this <laughs> yeah, way. What sure. do you think it would be?
1: I think it's so interesting. I think for like looking at the evolution of it from in 2011 to now, it, you see how prominent and how um, almost famous you can become from just being an influencer. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the amount yeah. of eyes that are on influencers nowadays on social media is probably more than what you see TV people, like celebrities, like you know people on TV, or like I would get more traffic from running Facebook ads than I would get from being on The Dr. Oz Show. Like it's just the, 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 the traditional media that's consumed by Americans is slowly going down, and most of it's on our phones, most of it's on social media, and no one really goes and sits. I mean, I can't remember last time I sat down and watched Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil and watched like an hour yeah, long episode, too. you know? like. I can, like true. our generation just doesn't do that anymore and it's dying off. And so the way that social media is moving is almost celebrity like status for your every average day person. That's like, Oh, you have a great body. Boom. Three million followers just post pictures of you and a thong and boom, you like, here's all this money that we'll throw at you. You've seen my get, Instagram page. Stuff. Is that your Instagram seen, page? <laughs> yeah.
0: A lot of thongs. Yeah. A lot of me yeah. and thongs. So yeah, I, lot of, I got amazing. a lot of followers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's, it's amazing because like I think the last year the the highest grossing YouTuber was a seven-year-old that would open up toys and like make his family or whoever does the production of the videos is, make, is making the most money out of anybody on YouTube, you know? And like there's nothing political about it. There's nothing like motivational or inspirational. It's just someone opening up toys. And so like – Oh, so you know what? It's, it's, all,
0: it's It's all our seven-year-olds. <laughs>
1: Sitting down, yeah, exactly. I did it. I did it this morning.
0: Yeah. He's watching whatever. It's it's a yeah, he's yeah, just getting that dopamine drip right off with that yes. with that Lucky Charm cereal that I scooped up, <laughs> put it in his bowl, right? Yep. Getting that, getting that drip in early with, <laughs> at seven years old. I'm sorry, son. No, I had we had we had no, we had eggs and sausage. No, okay, I got yelled at. Go. I did a, I did eggs and bacon, so I went with the protein. And uh, <laughs> nice. tried to get that brain fired right, but yeah, I think that's that's, that's why that that market does so well with that because that's kind of you think about tap habits and routines with our social media, how we use our devices. Yeah, I think that's why that YouTube, that seven year old's getting hit because I know my son, I if it was a Nerf gun, if he had a Nerf gun like review, my son watched it
1: <laughs> really, <laughs> that's hilarious, man. No, my girls did too, and so that's what I'm saying. Is like, I think social media creates so much more opportunity. Whether or not the stuff we're consuming is making us better or worse as a society is up for debate. We'll see in 10, 20, 30 years what all of this stuff is doing to us. But our parents probably said the same thing about reality TV and uh, MTV, music television. Like uh, like they probably said the same thing about what we were consuming and like how society is gonna go to crap because of that. You know, there's probably the same thing. We're looking at our kids like, oh, they're watching these videos And it's probably, you know, melting their brain and it's making them into worse humans and more disrespectful. It's like that happens, I think, generation to generation. And it's just different, different stuff put in front of us. But it's kind of the same stuff because it's new, scary for the adults, the older generation, because they don't like change. You know, my parents, they their my parents, uh, parents probably told them, like, hey, you can't watch Elvis because he shakes his hips. And that's like that's controversial That's like the (laughs) devil and that you can't do that. Like so they were rebellious for watching Elvis perform. and So it's generation after generation of like, you know, uh, each, each generation thinking, oh, things back in our days were so much better and like kids nowadays. And I think that happens, you know, you know, every generation, to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll just glide right into Neuralink. Yeah. Technology <laughs> yeah, exactly. being right, right? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see what perfect. happens
1: in the next 10 years. I think it is providing lots of opportunities. Like, you know, you could monetize this podcast, you could yeah. monetize, your social media you can monetize you know your sponsorships like all those all these opportunities it is really an entrepreneurship world i think it's more like back in your eyes like when we were in high school yeah entrepreneurship is like what's that i don't know like, yeah uh, like, exactly. you, like, here, like get a job get a salary and that's what you're supposed to do but entrepreneurship was so well, you know so it wasn't mainstream like it is today and i feel i feel like even the way people look at
0: housing now is a little different in our in our generation yeah. I, I think where people live, where how you how you think about living. I think it's a lot more destination now of mm-hmm. what you like mm-hmm. to do connected to the, the earth. Yeah. I, that's how I feel. Anyways getting older and or seems like the people I hang out with rather yeah. than the city, which with COVID and everything, I feel like it's drawn that even more, maybe. Yeah. So what what uh what is what is an I what is keto mm-hmm what is it like an at Like what was an average meal plan look for you? Like just an in flow sure. to stay in ketosis. What is, what is that for a layman? Just pick out like yeah. your two or three days. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Yeah, for sure. Options. So I'm kind
1: of, uh, interesting you ask that cause I'm back on keto this week after doing my little diet experiment. So it's really kind of refreshing to get back into ketosis where I'm not starving all the time. So what does that look like for me? Like in the morning? Um, Like in the morning, I'll have some type of coffee and I'll add some MCT oil, which is a healthy fat to it, maybe a little bit of collagen protein. Um, And then for lunch, you know, it's my first meal, big meal of the day. Well, like for example, a Cobb salad with like uh, hard boiled eggs, bacon, some cheese, some chicken breast, you know, uh, over some greens. And then for dinner, which is my next meal of the day, you know, maybe I'll do a couple of grass fed burgers uh, with a side of like you know, veggies and I'll top the burgers with like eggs and avocado and no buns or anything like that. And then saute my veggies in butter. Um, you know, there's all there, I eat a lot of vegetables, you know, with, with my keto diet, just not starchy vegetables, you know, potatoes, sweet potatoes, um, you know, berries, I kind of limit those in small amounts, but you know, high fat, moderate protein, low carb is my approach to keto, to be honest with you. So.
0: Well, that's, uh, one of you, the meals that you just brought up was, uh, I'll go get the the hamburgers from Harmons. Yes, that have like the mush, the mushrooms in there. Kind of yeah, feel like yeah. I'm a cheat. Get a, a an ingredient <laughs> uh, ingredients in there that are already. So I like to do that. So I like I like that you. That's a staple yeah. for you. I'll keep I'll keep doing that. Uh, yeah. Is there anything that you do with? Uh, you brought up meditation because yes. me being kind of my angle of some a lot of the stuff I do behind the dish and teaching with kids. Cause my hitting lesson, I really go into them. I want them to be aware of their body and their mind that, in cause baseball is a game of, of, of adjustments. And then you got grandma just telling you to smile, be happy. You got dad <laughs> screaming at you, get your elbow up. Uh, you got grandpa telling you, walk into it. Like, cause the last time he saw hitting was Babe Ruth. Right. So things <laughs> he forgets that the game changes as he stops playing. So it's, like you get all these thoughts and how do, you, how do you filter all that out? And I think that starts with meditation when I'm kind of introducing it in a way where it's like, you know, because baseball is kind of like good old boy, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm starting to introduce that. But when they kind of catch on to it, their awareness of their body, their awareness of what's going on, even in a hitting lesson, um, you kind of touched on that a couple of times. And I heard you kind of hitting that in to kind of stress the importance. And you've also brought up, some of the cognitive things that help um, how how big is meditation in your practice with this fit to fat to fit?
1: yeah, so I'm a huge proponent of meditation, but didn't start learning about it until about five or six years ago. Um, I, I learned about it, it started implementing it and it made a huge difference in my life and it, it carries over into the health and fitness world, which is something I coach a lot of people on, and people are like, well, what is meditation, how's that going to help me get a six pack?" I'm like, well, you're not you're not burning calories while you're meditating but what it does is it helps you to be present in the moment and if you can be present in the moment, like you said, your focus your awareness of your body in those moments you know to be present is really important like that mind muscle connection when you're doing a workout and being not worrying about paying bills we're not worrying about what you're gonna eat when you get home but instead being present when you're training or when you're you know working out is huge and then also when you're eating because a lot of times Americans we just mindlessly eat we're just like shoving it in our face while we're on our phone, while we're on our laptop, while we have the TV on, and we're just like, we don't even taste the food, we just put it in our mouths, right? And mindful eating, especially for people who are, might be overweight, they're trying to lose weight, that aspect is really important because they like chewing your food slowly and really tasting it and being present with it is really important when it comes to listening to your body. Like, oh, my body's telling me now that I'm not distracted, my body's telling me when I'm full instead of just shoving it until you're like uncomfortably full you're like oh I wasn't really paying attention I was just eating because it tasted so good and then I just you know I wasn't even aware of how much I ate you know what I'm saying so meditation carries over into those areas of your life and, and and there's other benefits too on the mental and emotional side of things where your ability to handle stress is is increased because instead of reacting because like a lot of us become so reactive like if there's stress with our kids we become reactive. Or they're stressed with their spouse. We become reactive, and we're not really thinking through it. We're just reacting based off of like our human nature. And meditation allows us in those moments of reaction to take a step back and breathe for a second, assess the situation, assess where your emotions are, and then thoughtfully respond. And to where you're not going to regret what you're you know, what what you what you're about to do. You're not going to regret it because you're thought you're thinking through it first, and you're able to thoughtfully respond instead of just react which is what causes a lot of people train, uh, pain and trouble that they get in because they're, they're so reactive. And if, if meditation, if they can practice some kind of meditation, I think it can help out in those stressful situations where like you want to road rage because someone cut you off and, you know, you want to fight someone without even really thinking. It that's, yeah. It that's not
0: your it. purpose. You're not even yeah. going <laughs> to let that get in the way of your purpose. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. And, and I, 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 mean, that's, you said it. Perfect. dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like you've given me so much information that you on and you you're in the area of Salt Lake, right? Yes. 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 And you, uh, and then, so next time what we'll have to do is we'll have to get some sort of thing because, uh, uh, Jordan told me you're quite the athlete. So <laughs> well, he, he, here, but here so, in my house, we have, uh, uh, I don't know,
1: I we saw
0: the He sent me a video. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he was videoing when I was. We were waking up and we uh, Jordan and I lift in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's he sent a video, and I was trying to get Drew to come over and hit with me. Yeah. But he's a, he's a busy yeah. man. But maybe next time uh, we can have you come hit, do some things, and and heck, if you have anything that I can do to help you, uh, you. please let me know. Uh, uh, from the baseball side. I don't know. I don't know what I could bring to keto, but uh, (laughs) I have, have done it. I'm currently in, uh, I would say I'm carnivore-ish in my diet and and how I try to eat. Uh, but I'll eat the hell out of some of those Oreos that you talked about too. Yeah,
1: man. That's, that's hard. If it's in the house, it's, it's hard to resist. (laughs) Right.
0: And, and, uh, but, um, what are, what are some, uh, how how can we get a hold of you? uh yeah. or how can people look you up because i think a lot of you have a lot of uh cause what i found informational is when i went to your spots the way you were able to articulate it like you did like the benefits for the inflammation in the brain why keto those things that i really interested you explained yeah. those really well when i'm on your platforms and the, what made yeah. me kind of draw to you so uh give me those handles
1: yeah so so super simple fit number two fat Number two, fit uh, all my social media handles. That's my website as well. Just Google that or look that up. Fit number two, fat number two, fit. And you'll be able to, you know, follow me and I'll try and keep you entertained.
0: <laughs> You're the so, man, man. Uh, thanks, John. You yeah, a lot of information. Uh, I enjoyed hanging out with you. And uh, like I said, if there's anything I can do to help you uh, in your journey in any sort of way, uh, please reach out. Yeah.
1: Thanks so much, John, for having maybe me. Get, maybe. Did, could, yeah. We'll, Maybe we'll have you out here time. hitting? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. We'll me, see. You
0: got to teach me. We'll but, see. We'll, we'll we'll get Jordan up there pitching since he was a weak weak ass left in pitching. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> take him to.
1: <laughs> Sounds good, man. Thanks so much. All right. See you, Drew. Yeah.